defeated. You think of Jesus Christ, he, uh, he took and knew he was going to die probably as soon as he uh, realized he was the Messiah. When he hit the age of maturity, he knew what was going to happen. He tried to inform his disciples, but he continued on under that kind of pressure. And each one of us need to continue on and be steadfast in the chores we have, the, from feeding the dog to cleaning the church. We all have chores and we all have things we need to do, taking care of breakfast and all kinds of things for people and our loved ones. We need to continue on in, in regardless of the situation. And so that's my best advice to each and every one. Trying to get Gloria, she's starting to go off her feed, so to speak. I'm used to dealing with livestock. Uh, she's not eating now, but I told her she needs to eat to get her strength because she won't eat when it gets really bad So uh, for her. And uh, same with her, my advice to everyone involved. Continue on. Do what you have to do. Thankful to the Lord. Make sure you fulfill your obligations to everyone else. And if you volunteer for time, then you're more than welcome to do that. God will bless you for it. But these things happen, and it's part of life. So uh, we need to keep looking to the Lord and to our duties to the Lord and to each other in these times. That all being said, that was enough of that. Let's go to, I'm going to read to you out of Acts chapter 16, but I'd like uh, Brother Jim and we'll be, I'll be preaching specifically out of the book of Romans. So Brother Jim Stevens will be handing out some Romans to you. And some, the book of Romans and the book of John. The book of John is about Jesus Christ. The book of Romans, the, last, the middle name in the book of Romans is man. The middle word in the book of Romans is man. We're going to be looking at mankind. The book of Romans talks about mankind. The book of John speaks of Jesus Christ. You've heard me say this several times, but the words I am appear over 20 times in the book of John when Jesus describes who he is. I've said 40 times from time, but it's 23 times exactly. Uh, I'd like you to keep a book, this book of Romans. It's yours as a gift. Uh, feel free to take it home. If you have one already, we're in the process of distributing these all over the country all over the country, meaning this island. They got one. Thank you, Jim. Uh, take it and give it to someone else this week. I'm going to challenge you and ask you, when this week have you done something for Christ? When this week have you even consulted Christ about a decision in your life? When this week have you prayed? That's a challenge. You can take care of some of those responsibilities to your creator by taking this John and Romans and leaving it with someone else. And you're welcome to keep them if you want to read. So I'm going to read you out of Acts, where we were last week, Acts chapter 16, but we're going to go quickly to the book of Romans. I need one for myself. Brother Jim, I, I guess I handed them all out. Oh, I got one. Thank you, Jim. I like Brother Jim's joke in the... In the uh, hymn, uh, uh, the myth, the in our uh, bulletin today, it was really good. Okay, Acts chapter 16, the conver conversion of the Philippian jailer, 
And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God at the prison, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the functionary of the prison of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were bonds were broken. And the keeper of the prison awoke out of the, his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for the light and sprang and sprang in and came trembling and fell down at Paul and, and Silas, fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe, this is Paul and Silas, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the words of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, and he and all his house straight, and he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Now, last week we read this portion of scripture, and I pointed out that uh, three things I wanted to leave you with. First of all, he was saved, and then once he, the prisoner was saved, I pointed you out the the, the uh, degradation and stuff that took place in the prison. And even despite that stress and the, despite those problems, Paul and Silas retained their testimony for the Lord. That's what he's doing here today. Uh, that's what's our challenge today is to remain in a testimony for the Lord, even under stress, even under a loved one dying, someone being who's no longer will, will no, shortly no longer be with us. It's a stress. And we need to take that into account in our lives. But he was saved. The second thing I wanted to bring out, of course, is that the Philippian jailer was eventually saved. He accepted Christ as his personal Savior. He accepted that the Messiah had come in his day and was departed and in the form of Jesus Christ. The third thing was he and his house was saved. And his sacrifice and his, his determination to do what God would have him to do to set things right in his life, his whole household was rewarded with the same gift he received from Jesus Christ, and that was salvation. So those are three points from that message. What I want to cover today is the Romans road, the easiest and the most, one of the most common ways to know salvation. If you open up your John and Romans, the book of John and the book of Romans, we'll be in the book of Romans this morning. And this morning, we'll look at the Romans Road. This evening, we'll look at the Romans Walk on the back page. We're going to look at, first off, the Romans Road, the path you need to take to salvation. And it's not a real require. There's no real requirements involved in that path except the fact that you accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's how you get to heaven. There's no said steps to get to heaven. You need to accept Jesus Christ. But there's things involved in that acceptance. In fact, it's easy as A, B, C, accept, believe, and confess. And we're going to look at the Romans Road, Romans 3.10. So turn in your John and Romans uh, to page, oh, it says page 43, but we're going to go to Romans 3.10. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 10. This is a very common portion of Scripture to some, but to others it's not. But we've all went through these simple processes when we've accepted Christ as our personal Savior. We had to come to the realization, first off, that you're a sinner. There's no one in this room. I like the joke that Brother uh, Jim picked today, uh, sin tax uh, instead of an offering. Uh, none of us are beyond sin. None of us. It sneaks up on me from time to time. It sneaks up on all of us from time to time. I had a direct conflict with an individual this week, jumped out of his big, uh, big uh, crane, and we had a few words. He started cussing, and I got, I didn't lose my testimony, but I got in the flesh plenty. I had to talk to God. I told the individual when we were done, we both apologized to each other and shook hands, but I'm not beyond sin, and I know, I know none of us are. We're all human. Everyday events brings about sin. Everyday non-events bring about sin. We're such a frail type of person. In chemistry class, I learned one time, that we're, we're likened often by the medical profession as mere plastic bags rolling down the sidewalk. That's how frail we are as physically. Anytime we could get a puncture to our system and deteriorate rapidly. As spiritually, we're much the same way. If we don't have Jesus Christ in our heart, the Holy Spirit at our shoulder, and God the Father above us, we are very frail spiritually. And even with those things, both the intercessors, God the Father, or God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, even with them interceding on our behalf, we're still very frail spiritually, and we're still sinners. I was talking to someone just the other day about how we have two intercessors on this planet. One of the reasons for Jesus Christ dying one of the reasons for Jesus Christ becoming as a man and came here to this earth is because God the Father looks down on us, watches over us, but Jesus Christ experienced those very things which we experience. Then he goes back to the Heavenly Father. They're all three in one, don't get confused. But him, and when we accept, I'll back up just for a second, once we accept Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit becomes part of our lives. So now the Holy Spirit's on this planet. Jesus Christ has been on this planet, and he's gone back to his heavenly Father, and we have two intercessors on our behalf. And they intercede. They know it's rough. They know the shortcomings of our frail nature. They know the shortcomings of mankind. So to say you're sinless is defying God to begin with. The first thing you have to do if you want to be saved is accept the fact that you're not beyond sin. Oh, I make mistakes, and so does John Smith. Yeah, well, John Smith makes just as many mistakes as you do. He's in as much need as a Savior as you are. And that's what we have to do is accept. And it's the first point to that acceptance is Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 3.10. Just look at 3, chapter 3, look at verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Righteousness is, is right, is being right, pure of heart. Real righteousness, I'm not talking about self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is being pure to yourself. Righteousness, true righteousness, is being right before God. In my scripture, it says that it is written, 
What is that talking about? According to God's word, it's written that there is none righteous, no, not one. Then you go over to 323, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our dear brothers in Christ, not brothers in Christ, but our dear friends, the Mormons, they, I had a discussion with another individual this last week about the Mormons. They believe that we'll all become gods one day and run our own little planet. There is none that's that righteous, and we all become come short of the glory of God. We want glory. Every person in this room wants a certain amount of recognition, attention, uh, power, discretion exercised towards them. It's an innermost challenge to all of us to some degree or another. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You will not be as God one day. You will not be a God. You are a human being, and you frail as a human being. And you have to accept that and admit that to yourself. Then the next thing, let's go, well, I'll turn to page 47. Turn to page 47, and then the Romans Road, that's Romans 5, 8. So if you accepted the fact that you're a sinner, there's a promise for you. There's a hope for you. Romans 5, 8, page 47 in this little booklet. This is the copy of God's Word. Romans 5, 8. Let me get to the right page. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ, God's begotten Son, only begotten Son, his, and that word only begotten means he only had one son in simple language. But God's only begotten son became human, and we discussed just for a minute how, why he became human. He became human for us, for our sake, for our understanding, for our intercession later on, but he, became, he was an example of what to do and what not to do, yes, but not to a standard. He didn't come to condemn us, but he came to... Uh, accept, uh, for us to accept him and be made free of condemnation because if we accept the fact that we're sinners, we're actually condemning ourselves, aren't we, to a degree? We're admitting we're not gods. Jesus Christ came to this planet, suffered as a man, and took on the penalty for our sins. According to the Old Testament, the example was laid out for years and years that innocent blood had to be shed for the remission of sin. Two lambs were slaughtered, or goats, when Adam and Eve sinned. Ever since then, innocent blood had to be shed for the remission of sin until we get to the form of Scripture we call the New Testament. Once Jesus Christ died on the cross, no need for animal sacrifice. All you had to do was look to Christ and acknowledge that he died for your sins. In fact, getting saved is not much more than accepting the fact you're a sinner, believing that Jesus Christ, A.B., died on the cross for your sins, and confessing him, thanking him for that. My favorite illustration in that regard is I knew a man that his son saved another fella swimming and drowned it in the process of saving him. And I asked the individual, I said, does that bother you? Your son was a lifeguard and... He uh, died saving someone's life. 
He says, it doesn't bother me. He knew that job. He took on that responsibility. He accepted, and he believed that that was what God wanted him to do. But the fellow that lived never thanked me, never thanked me for his son, that he, for my son that died for him. When you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and think you're going to get to heaven by yourself, you're telling God he wasn't good enough. You're telling God his son was not good enough for your sins. You're telling him you're going to earn your way to heaven. How would you feel if that was your son that died for someone else? And they didn't say thank you. You say a God that's loving and kind can't have a hell. No, he has a hell to punish those that ignore his son's message to mankind, ignore his personal message for, to mankind, that puff, puff themselves up as big as him, and yet he created them. When you deny Christ, you deny God. When you deny God, the words of the Bible say, he who denies me before my heavenly Father, him also shall I deny and uh, that's paraphrased. But you're a thumb in your nose at God. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't get around it. you got to say thank you. you got to acknowledge it. Oh, but there was a thief hanging on the cross we read about in Scripture, and he, uh, he didn't have much time for all that. He says, he says, we, the thief, in fact, if you go there, you can read how the thief, one thief, said to the other. He said, we have sinned, but this man knows no sin, in so many words or less. And he says, we are suffering for our crimes. He didn't. He's suffering for nobody's crime or everybody's crime. He didn't even go that elaborate. He says he's done no wrong. All you have to do to accept Christ as your personal Savior, as a Philippian jailer, as we all have to do to truly be saved, we have to accept the fact that we're sinners, believe the, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, and confess him. Now, you don't have to confess him to me. You don't have to say it to me in some prayer. You have to confess it to God. You have to thank him for him, Jesus dying. You don't even have to say thank you. Just acknowledge it. He'll take you at that. He made it so easy that Almost anybody could accept, believe, and confess. We've raised some handicapped children in our days, my wife and I. We had one little daughter that was profoundly handicapped. But yet she come to a point in her life where she, she accepted. I don't know where she comes, she believed. I don't know if she was even capable of ever confessing. She couldn't hardly speak when she left us. Does it, it's something that takes place in your heart. Let's let's keep going. Let's go down the Romans road. Let's we went to Romans five eight. Let's go to six twenty three. The next one over, Romans six twenty three. Page uh, about page forty eight, I believe, or fifty one. It says here. Let's see here. They have a little different map laid out in the front. I laid it out, but I didn't coordinate it to the message. Uh, let's go to Romans six twenty three. I can't like the Romans road to kind of stay with Scripture. 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Again, the gift, the blessing, the acceptance, the belief, 
Trusting God, where do you get that from? I get that from God's Word. It was a time in my life I sat in a hotel room, and all I had was one of those Gideon Bibles that they hand out in the hotels, and I had to come to terms with that. Even as a saved individual, I had to come to terms with accepting and believing and confessing and building more of my life on the Lord Jesus Christ, on his profound word. I had to come to the point where I said, Lord, I am not living like a model Christian. I am not what I think you want me to be. And I said, God, I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more and to follow your word to the best of my ability. And that's where I started making real progress in the victories in my life. Once you're saved, you're going down that road. But the accept, believe, and confess takes place all through your spiritual growth. All right. So, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And then let's go to Romans 10.9. 10.9. Romans 10.9. That's the part I really like. That's the victory for every one of us. And that's where I made some commitments in my life the first time. I said, if it says in the Bible, if thou shalt confess, you thought I made up that word confess, didn't you? With thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's what the Philippian jailer did. That's what everyone who walks through the gates of heaven must do. Accept, believe, and confess. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The little girls that I was thinking of, was her name is Melissa Quast. I pray for her all the time. And some of you that are familiar with my messages know the story about her, and she eventually went to a very prominent, wealthy family and was adopted uh, by, a, uh, by circumstances we had no control over. I don't know if she's ever confessed, but she's believed in her heart. Isn't that enough? I don't think God said, you know, how do, how do people that can't talk get saved? It's something that has to, and you can say you're saved, and you can say you know the story, but unless it penetrates your heart and you believe in your heart, you're still lost. Oh, I know the story of salvation. Preacher, I just killed that guy just because I wanted to watch him die. And I've had that told to me directly. You have the opportunity, not being incarcerated, to act upon that belief and to magnify what your heart says. And if you can't, God will soon take that ability away from you, either with an untimely death. Even if you live 100 years old, it'll be untimely for you. But, if you take and accept, believe, and confess, it's going to be a lot easier. Brother John told me himself that if it weren't for God and accepting Christ as his personal Savior later on in his life and really believing in his heart, he wouldn't be looking at the future the way he's looking at it, the way he looked at it last week. He's got peace of mind. He's on his way to heaven. He knows God. He knows he's not a saint. He knows he never was a saint. But he believes and trusts in God's word. And he's confessed him openly to me, but he's believed in his heart. And that confession was made with his life. 
and now it's made with his death. Okay, it says here, and this is the neat part, but with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. John is not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I know I'm still a sinner. I know I'm, uh, at best, righteous in God's eyes. But I know I make mistakes. We all have to come to that point in our life where we realize that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And we have to believe in him as our way to heaven. And then it's best for us to continue to act upon his word, take him at his word, and do the things he'd like for us to do. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's simple. I like the parts, though. How shall they? I like the next few verses are why I'm standing in front of you today. I accepted, I believed, I confessed. And I continue to do that in my life as God shows me sin and shortcomings in my life. And I continue to do that. And one of the reasons I'm standing before you today is because of accepting and believing and taking him at his word. It's for, it says here in verse... 17, 15, 16, and we're nearly done. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? It's the only reason I'm standing here today. The only reason I'm standing in front of you today is I accepted and took God at his word and followed through with what he wanted me to do. He told me that if you believe Romans 10, 9 as much as you believe Romans uh, 10, 10, and as much as you believe 10, 11, and as much as you believe 10, 12, then you should believe 10, 13. And how about 10, 14? What are you preaching? What have you preached this last week? Have you even bowed your head at the dinner table? What are you preaching? Those subtle messages will make or break you as you accept and believe God's word. For I say, though, the grace is given unto me, unto every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God, hath dealt to every man a measure of faith, for we have many members in one body. I went and I skipped two pages over. What I wanted to leave you with was, and how shall they preach except they be sent? And I had to come to the realization I was sent. I'm not saying everyone in this room is sent, but everyone has a responsibility to be a witness and a testimony. In verse, uh, verse 16, okay, verse 15 is the one I want to leave you with. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are, are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Why I wear a cowboy boot? There was one time when I was a preacher boy that we invited all kinds of pastors to the big church. It was a big old church, you know, and I was there, and I was just a little preacher boy. I was probably 35 years old and with a bunch of kids. And I says, what can I do about that last verse in there? I've never so much as polished anybody's feet. And... Uh, I got gigged the first time I went to Bible college because I was wearing cowboy boots and needed a haircut. Can you believe that? And so uh, 
I says, okay, so I threw away those stupid wingtip shoes right after I got out of Bible college. But I says, I'm going to polish my shoes before I go to church. Keep my feet beautiful as I could. And then all the preachers that came in, I got another fella. I got him convinced. We went and got a couple cans of shoe polish, and we sat down and polished all those preachers' feet. I got friends to this day from that polishing that'll benefit this church right here. They will. As you become obedient to God's word, he will honor your obedience. He will intercede before that heavenly father. Him and the Holy Spirit that dwells within you says, oh, he listens. I think I'll talk a little more to him. And the Holy Spirit will have more control in your life and he'll lead you to do more and more things for him. God Jesus Christ, on the other hand, will be talking to the Heavenly Father asking for forgiveness for you as you fall short of those things, and he'll overlook some of those things. Let's all stand. So I let you see a little bit of my life, but I know I admitted to you I'm not a spiritual giant. I'm not without sin. Every one of us need to accept Christ, accept his word, and we need to believe in it, and then we need to confess it. Where do you stand in your relationship with God this morning? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Have you tried to uh, experience the fact that you know he's on your way to heaven? Have you ever thanked God for that? Have you ever looked into God's word and said, man, I'm, I, most people go, I don't believe that. And then they move on to something else, and they kind of pick and choose like it's a, uh, a buffet, you know, and that's what I like about Chinese buffets. If it doesn't look good, I don't eat it. But, you know, there's a lot of things in God's Word that don't look good to me, but I have to eat them if I want to grow and get strong. Each one of us needs to start looking into God's Word and continue to accept His Word, believe it in our hearts, and confess to Him how we line up with Him. Then we can get that real power. Then we can see the loved ones saved like the Philippian jailer. Can you imagine what kind of family life that poor guy had? He had to sleep at that prison. And what kind of family he had? How they seen the worst of all humanity gathered in one spot. But yet, they all got saved. Because they seen someone who was concerned about their testimony, about their witness to others, about mankind in general, to the point where they sang under dire persecution. Isn't that wonderful? What can he do with you? What can he do with your business? What can he do with your lifestyle? What can he do with your hobby? What can he do with those things you enjoy? What can he do with your family? If you just continue to accept, believe, and confess. God calls everyone here in this room to three things, and you've heard it before. He calls everyone in this world to salvation. Then he calls everyone to service, and everyone to sacrifice. 